welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. You can be seated. This has been a lot of fun. So now we've seen the boss battle happen and, and uh, we fought the, the anti ourselves and we're going to get into that a little bit today. But before we do, I want to explain to you a little bit about the title because this is like a deep cut for my mean people. This is like, this is what we're talking about. A winner is you. Some of y'all have no idea where that even comes from. So there was a game in 1986 um, called Pro Wrestling that Nintendo released for the NES. And uh, what happened is that after you'd win a match, so, so a lot of these games, when they, would trans, when they would bring them over to the United States, they would just translate the text from Japanese into English. So that led to a lot of really funny things that would happen regarding, regarding Japanese and English translations. And so when you won a match, you were given a short uh, little congratulatory message that said, uh, a winner is you. And so that's what we're talking about today. A winner is you, you're gonna win the match. I'm sure none of us have played that game. I've never played that game. Um, but this is a really great uh, title for us today. So, so before, we get, before we get into our message, let's just, let's just pray together. God, I thank you this morning that you are God, God, and that you can, that you can speak to us, that you can lead us right where you're at, where, right where we're at. God, you know in our life where we're at with you, where we're at in our faith, where we are at in our belief about ourselves. God, just what we're struggling with, what we're thinking about, all the things that we're going through. And I thank you that what happens in the next few moments isn't about anything that's even said from this platform, but you can communicate directly to us where we're at. So we just pray that you would do that. God, that you would lead every moment from, from here on out. In your name we pray. Amen. So it's bittersweet because we're not going to see uh, 16-bit Josh and Pastor Josh and Pastor Keith uh, anymore after this, after this weekend. <laughs> Um, but, but we've been through this game over journey. So just to summarize a, a, f- a few of our past conversations. So first week we talked about you got to press start for a new game. So we got to say game over to our way and start doing things Jesus way. And then the cake is a lie. So if we look to do anything other than love people like Jesus, we're chasing an empty and unattainable goal. And then last week it's dangerous to go alone. God uses us to make a difference, not make a point in the lives of other people. And so, so I encourage you if, you, if this is your first weekend here at Elevate Life, um, we really think um, that this series is a great place to start in terms of engaging with the kind of church that we wanna be, not the kind of church that we always are. We're not perfect. I'm not up here communicating this message this morning because I'm the best at loving people in the room and I'm the least judgmental person. Uh, I just happen to be the person that God's using in this moment for this season. And it's the same with all of us in this church. You come here and you expect people to be perfect. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Like right now, I'm sorry. Because there, there's a whole bunch of really, um, yeah, clap for your imperfection. Yeah, we're screwed up. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of people here that don't have it right, that aren't going to get it right. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult like human relationships are. But we're just so grateful for God's grace and his mercy that even covers us as a church, that covers us in our relationship, relationships and covers us in our conversations. And if you're imperfect, uh, we'd love to have you be a part of our imperfect club here. So today, though, we're talking about we're just going to put a bow on this thing and we're talking about being the winners that God has created us to be. So I want you to answer this question in your mind, in your life. What does a win look like? 
So what, is, what does a win look like for you? Like, like all of us are, are we're living with some kind of intent. We're living in some kind of perp, with some kind of purpose. We're working hard for something. We're trying to achieve something. We're trying to do something. So answer the question for yourself. What does a win look like for you? So we're chasing, we're chasing our dreams. We're chasing stuff. We're hustling. We're grinding. You know, you got Grant Cardone telling you to 10x your life. You got Gary Vee telling you to crush it. Why are we crushing it? Why are we 10xing it? Why are we doing the things that we do? What are we looking for? Are we looking for money? Are we looking for influence? Are we looking for health? Are we looking for this certain kind of lifestyle that we imagine for ourselves? Are we just trying to chase the American dream? Are we just trying to get out of debt right now? Are we just trying to do whatever it is that we're trying to do? What's our, what's our goal? What does a win look like for me? What does a win look like for me in the next month? What does a win look like for me in the next three months? What does a win look like for me in the next year, in the next five years, whatever. So when you win in a game, so when you're playing a video game, you accomplish some kind of purpose. There's a purpose to the game. When you win the game, you accomplish the purpose of the game, and the purpose is defined by the designer of the game. So in this game Portal that we mentioned a few weeks ago, if, if you got to solve the puzzles, get the cake, destroy GLaDOS, who's the bad guy, okay? In Zelda, it's defeat Ganon, save Zelda, save the world, right? Pro wrestling, we just watched today, it's win the world championship belt. What's the objective? What's the purpose of, of this game of life? We didn't design life. Like you and I, not one person has chosen to be born. We didn't like go, okay, I think now's a good time for me to enter the world. We just like became self-aware one day. And we're in a family that we're in. We're living the life that we live. We have the gifts and the talents and the abilities that we have. And we just are who we are. So in this series, we've been walking through the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus. And my hope for myself, my hope for all of us, but my hope for myself as an individual is that I would truly seek to live life like Jesus did. You know, the, this word Christian, it was actually um, initially a lot of people believed that the word Christian was an insult because it means little Christs and people use it, use it to make fun of early Christians. Um, but it's not about being a Christian. It's really about following this guy, Jesus. And if you're not there right now in your life, like if you're not in a, in a position where you align your lifestyle with Jesus being God and him being the savior of the world, that's okay. But he was a really good dude. So I think let's start with understanding. There's a, there's a group full of people, by the way, that really believe this thing all the way. And we're not asking you, if you're, if you're here for the first time or you're watching this message or whatever, we're not asking you to believe all the things that we believe. Um, but we're trying to get this thing. And it's okay if you're in our church, whatever you look like, whatever you are like, whatever you struggle with, it's okay for you to belong here. You don't have to believe in any of this stuff for you to be here and for us to love you and for us to love each other. So, 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 but our life, those of us who call ourselves Christians, those of us who claim to follow Jesus, uh, I, my prayer is that we would, we would put ourselves in such a position that we would go, okay, Jesus, I really want to follow you. I really want to live life like I imagine you would want me to live life. And so Jesus tells us what the win is. In Matthew chapter 25, there's a, there's a really long passage of scripture. I'm going to kind of jump around, but starting in verse 34, Jesus is talking to people that are following him. And he says, then the king will say to those on his right, enter you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. 
Then he said, those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you in sick or in prison and come to visit you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whatever you did, whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me, you did it to me. And then he turns to these other people and he says, you didn't do all this stuff, you can go to hell. It's literally what he says, you can read it for yourself. <laughs> so he says, I was naked and you didn't give me clothes. I was doing this and, and so be gone, be gone for me. Some of us have grown up in church and we've read this passage of scripture, we've heard this passage of scripture preached. Jesus, God designed our life. Then Jesus came to the earth 2,000 years ago and he said, here's what a win looks like. It's not about getting into heaven. Here's what a win looks like in your life. Here's what it looks like. All these different things. If you did something to a person, if you cared about a person who was overlooked or ignored, you did it to me. That's the win. Caring about people. You're a winner when you do one of these things to someone who's overlooked or ignored. Um, you know, in two days... You know, Notre Dame almost burnt down, and I guess some people got sad about it, and I don't really feel bad. I'll tell you why. So um, no one really got hurt. Nothing bad happened. No humans were injured. Sorry about your roof. In two days, uh, in two days, people raised a billion dollars to rebuild the Notre Dame Cathedral. People gave. People were given hundreds of millions of dollars at a time. It was unbelievable. It was amazing. Um, there are over 40.3 40 million victims of human trafficking in the world today. That's five out of every 1,000 people in the world are, are, victims of, are victims of human trafficking. Human trafficking is a $150 billion a year industry, and $99 billion of that is related to sex trafficking. So, man, awesome. We're going to rebuild a cathedral in France. In Yemen, in Yemen, there's been a civil war since 2015. Over 22 million people are in need of humanitarian assistance. One million people are suffering from the worst cholera outbreak in history, and close to 85,000 children have died from starvation. Do we care about what's happening in the Congo, Somalia, Ethiopia, Nigeria, Syria, Central Africa, Venezuela, Afghanistan, and Sudan? Do we even know what's happening? In our country, we have the largest known incarcerated population in the entire world. Over 500,000 people in the United States are homeless. We have more people living in poverty right now in America than at any time in the last 30 years. At our border, right now, on any given day, there are 2,000 children being held in detention centers. In our church, there's people that walk through these doors every week, every time these doors are open, and they're hurting they're hopeless, and they're in need of our compassion. And so Jesus is saying, what did you do to the people that were overlooked or ignored? Not what kind of buildings did you build? Not what kind of stuff did you make happen in your own life? He says, what did you do to the people that were overlooked or ignored? So I'm not, I'm, I'm saying this to say it's amazing that human beings can rally and in two days, we can raise a billion dollars to rebuild a roof on a building that's really beautiful. Notre Dame's amazing. 
not dishonoring the fact that someone spent a whole lot of time, a whole lot of money to build a great building for God. There's nothing, there's nothing for us that's wrong with that. But what is wrong is when we ignore everything else and we're able to raise a billion dollars in two days, but you got millions of people all throughout the world that are struggling, that people are ignoring and overlooking for whatever reason. And you might sit here right now and you might say, well, I don't have an awareness of these problems. And my question to you is, why don't you? Because we, we have a mandate. We have a responsibility to be aware of what's happening in the world. And you might sit here and you might say, well, that whole border thing, man, like you don't need to get into politics right now. Here's my overall like thought. When did humanitarian issues become political? Like when did, when did, when did it become like, when did it become about, well, we're, you know, maybe kind of depending on your side, those, those people, those people are being taken care of. Because you and I have to, have to think to ourselves, if I was in that situation, if I was a refugee, Bible talks a lot about refugees, Google it. Probably won't be the answer that you want, but you should Google it anyway. Bible talks a lot about that. If I was the person, if I was that person, how would I want people to be with me? Not, not politicize it, not whatever. Here's my overall thought about politics. I don't know how to tell people that they should care about other people. That's like it. I don't care about what your color is that you like. I don't care about who you vote for. I don't care about your politics about socialized medicine or not or this or that or whatever. There are people that are being overlooked or ignored in our world today. And my question for us, not as a group, my question for us, not as a church, my question for us as individuals is what are you as a person doing about it? What are you doing about the things in, in our world today that break, that break God's heart? Because as a church, we're doing some stuff. As a church, we're all about that. But here's what people do. They get in a group, and they just, like, hide in the group. So the win is not, Jesus is not saying, hey, when y'all all got together and y'all all did that, although that's significant, there's so much more that we can do together than we could do apart. Jesus is saying, when you, right, when you as the individual person that you are felt a conviction in your heart to show up in someone's story, and do something to someone who people would overlook or ignore for whatever reason, you're a winner. That's, that's what Jesus is saying. So it's not about, I don't, I, don't wanna, I, don't, I don't care about the wall, whatever. Just go under the wall, doesn't matter. Go over the wall, it's build, big, build a big, bigger ladder, whatever. It's not even about anything political. It's like, well, you know, all this stuff in Syria and Sudan, it's not really America's job. You're right, it's probably not America's job, but it's our job. Jesus did not found the United States of America. He spoke into our lives. He died for us and he died for them. And who cares what country we happen to live in? God has placed us in the world for such a time as this to look at the world and say, like Jesus said last, like, like, we, like we talked about last week, like these people need compassion. These people need a person to show up. They don't need a group. We don't need UNICEF. We don't need whoever. We, we got us. So, so if we can do that, Jesus said, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said, you're a winner. If you as an individual, now I don't know where you happen to be at. I don't know where you happen to be at on all this stuff. I don't know the needs and the causes and the stuff that you happen to buy into as a person, but, but I, hope that you, I hope that you understand what a win looks like in your life. 
Because who cares how much money we make if sex, if sex trafficking is a $99 billion industry? There's not one person in this room that by themselves can solve that problem. The only person I know, I know of in the history, in, in the world right now that could solve that problem is Jeff Bezos. He's got $100 billion. He could throw his $100 billion to it, probably fix it, maybe. But money doesn't solve it, people solve it. So it's not about us just like, oh, I'm going to go fix the problem, but it's us being willing enough to not ever overlook people or ignore them. So as a church, like here's, I'm going to try to say this, it's first service, but I'm going to try to say this like in a really nice way. So people come to church and they say like, this church just wants my money. For sure. 100%. So, so that's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that so that people will clap, but we are driven by a conviction that says there, there are people that are hopeless and broken and dying and messed up and whatever. And if we can raise a billion dollars to put a roof back on a building, we better be able to raise some money to be able to save some people's lives. We better be able to do that. So, so you, might, <laughs> you might not be a part of our church. You might not buy into giving offerings and all that kind of stuff. And, might try, to, might try to find your way out of that, and that's okay. That's, that's between you and God. But I'm just telling you about the kind of conviction that we're driven by. We live in a world where people are overlooked and ignored all the time. Like, we got personal dreams. We all got stuff we want to do. It's not like, hey, give all your money away and just live in poverty so that other people can live in poverty too. Jesus, Jesus himself said the poor will always be among you. But that is not an excuse to not do anything. It's not an excuse to be ignorant. It's not an excuse to overlook people. It's not an excuse to not care about people. It's not an excuse to just sit here and say, you know what, like it's all about me. My life is about me. So what are you doing about the issues that you know about as an individual? Now, you might be a part of this church, and there's a whole bunch of different, like we could tell you about all the missions we support all over the world. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash a year beyond our time, beyond our talent, beyond our ability that we give to people as a church. We're supporting the gospel in China, which is a very dark place. Christians are killed in China, for, especially nowadays. If you know anything about what's currently happening in the, in, the pol, in the political world in China, we give towards Convoy of Hope that goes into places where people are starving, like Yemen and Syria and Sudan and all of that, and brings hope and brings food because we don't even, we don't even, we partner as a church. Now, here's, here's the confidence that you can have when you're giving towards a church. We partner with missions partners who are, who are certified, who are great, who have all their relationships, who, who, are, who we know we're going to sow money into good ground. Now, that's practical, okay? But you might be a person that resonates with, with our vision as, as it relates to us being Elevate Life Church, and we're so grateful for your generosity. But my hope, our hope, is just that at some point, the switch will flip and you will just become activated, so that you will become activated in your own personal faith to say, oh my gosh, I am awake now and God is stirring me because there's people that need me in the world today. So, so what are you doing? It's not what are we doing. What are you, as an, answer this question for yourself. I don't know, you might be doing a whole bunch and that's uh, like wonderful. I'm, I don't want to come across like cynical or sarcastic right now. You might be doing a whole bunch, and that's awesome, but answer this question just as an individual. What are you doing about the issues that you know about and about the stuff that you feel convicted by? 
and about the people that you know that are overlooked and ignored. Jesus says when you do something, when you love these people in whatever way, you're doing it as unto me, and that's the win. So I don't, I don't hear things, I don't hear things like what's happening in Yemen and, and human trafficking and all that, and then slip into this mindset of, what about my personal dream, though? What about my platform? God, I really have this, I really want to make this much money, or I want to live in this kind of house, or I really want this to happen for me. No, I, this, this something happens in my head where it's like, I have to do something. Who cares about, like, I'm gonna, I know where my next meal's coming from. Like, after this, I'm going to go to lunch today. That's going to be great. And there's a whole lot of people, there's a whole lot of people in our world, more than a billion people in the world today live on less than a dollar a day. So they don't know, they don't know what I know about where my next meal's coming from. Who cares how many followers I got on Instagram? Like people are, there's, there's, there's just a world out there that is being completely overlooked and ignored in sacrifice of us chasing our personal dreams. Like, who cares about our personal accomplishments? I'm just saying that for myself. Who cares, about, who cares about my thing and what I aspire to and the kind of rooms I want to be in and my personal dreams coming true if there's people in our world today that, that are just completely ignored? People are not aware of them. They're, 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 sitting, they're sitting in rooms and environments and they're in, in moments and in seasons of their life where no one else is coming. No one knows where they are. No one knows what's going on with them. No one knows what's happening with them. And, and there's got to be someone that does. It's got to be us. There's nobody else. Nobody, like, like here's, here's, what I, here's what I so celebrate. Okay, we had over 600 people that came, on, that came yesterday and did all this stuff. So all this stuff that you see on the stage today, these 72 bikes, all these suitcases, sweet cases, all these backpacks, all that stuff. That's so awesome. There's way more than 600 people in our church, though. Way more. Jesus said, when you do something to the least of these, when you do something to someone who's overlooked it or ignored, you're doing it as, as unto me. And so does that, like, convict us at all? Are we going to walk out of here this morning and just live our lives as usual? Complain about this, complain about that, whatever. Are we going to just, are we going to become activated and get involved in people's stories? Like, are we really going to say, you know what, God, like, I've got all this stuff. I've got all these concerns, but I know that you have a greater concern. And your greater concern is these people, these individuals that are not blessed like I'm blessed. They don't live the life like I live. Like maybe I have a little bit of debt. Maybe I have some stuff going on in my family. Maybe my job isn't like I want it to be. Maybe I don't make the, the, this certain dollar amount that I feel like that I should make. But, but God, I want my heart to be broken about these people that, are, that, that their lives are just completely messed up. So, so on these bags, okay, the cameras are following me. I don't usually walk this far on the stage, so now they're all freaked out. So on these, on these bags... We wrote, our, our, the, the team wrote messages because uh, there's kids in foster care today. Maybe you are a foster care kid. Maybe you know a foster care kid. Maybe you have foster care kids in your house. What happens in, in foster care environments is uh, they tell you, hey, you're moving. Get a trash bag. Fill it up with your stuff. We're going to take you to the next place. It's dehumanizing for a child to go through that. 
Maybe you weren't aware of that until I just said it. Why not? And what are you doing about it? Who cares? Who cares if like our hearts are wrecked by something, if something hits us and man, that's horrible that someone has to go through that. I'm not trying to raise awareness. I'm trying to make a difference. Like let's raise awareness. Let's raise awareness. Woo. Hey, we all know about it. Big win. Let's all go home. We figured out what the problem is. No, it's like, what are we doing? So 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, okay? This is the brother of Jesus, okay? He says, for we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's back to week one. Lay down your life. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion... How can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Verse 23, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. So when I love, I win. When I love people that are far away, when I love people that are close to me, here's, here's one of the greatest things that, that I think is about, you know, about our world today. We have more of an ability to know about what's happening in the world and how we can be involved than ever in history. 30, 40 years ago, you would have had no idea unless you saw it on the news what was happening in Yemen. You'd had no idea about human trafficking statistics and these different things that are happening. And so now we're confronted, we're confronted with these needs that are in our world. And John says, he says, how can God's love be in you if you don't reach out with compassion towards people, towards individuals? As a church, this is what the church is for. The church is a group of people. We come together and we reach out together and we do it in a unified way with one voice, one heart, one mind. But as individuals, just answer that. I mean, just in your own mind, just like, I'm just asking you to consider this. Okay, like I said, you might be doing really wonderful. I don't know. I don't know where you're at on this stuff. I know this challenges me. I know this challenges me, though. Because how do you have compassion on people? When you, when you see someone in need, when you see someone in need in your world, like in the world that you're in, does it go political? Does it go, oh, you know, that guy on the side of the road, like, you know, he doesn't have to be homeless. He's probably driving a Lexus, and he goes behind the, the gas station, and he pulls around, and he drives home. It's not about just helping the homeless guy on the street, but it's about what is your perspective on people that are in need? So last week, Jesus, Jesus we talked about the words of Jesus. He said, he said to his disciples, he said, pray that God would send workers into the harvest to have compassion on people. So what is a win? A winner is you when someone else wins because of you. What's the goal of our life? Like, what are we trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? Am I just trying to, like, make money, live my life, do my thing? Man, my family's so good. Who cares about everyone else? At least I'm taken care of. Is that really why God put me on the earth? 
That's, that's what society and culture, that's the pressure that it puts on me. It's like I should have this level of status and I should have this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm gifted and I'm talented and I got this and I got that. And someone should honor that. And someone should recognize that. And someone should make me feel good about being me and all that different kind of stuff. But when you come into right relationship with Jesus Christ, Jesus is like, so awesome. So glad that you're here. Now you don't get to be that way anymore. But then there's people that walk around that follow Jesus that still make it about the same things. We're just, we're just all becoming like professional Christians. So now we're trying to get influence in, in, this, in this world of, of this subculture that no one cares about called Christianity. And, and we're not doing anything to reach out. We're not doing anything to change people's lives. It's just all about make me feel good about what I'm doing and make me feel good about myself and my gifts and my talents and my abilities and all that different kind of stuff. And as a church, we want you to discover your gifts. We want you to discover your talents. We want you to discover your abilities. Why? So that you can use those in service of other people. No other reason. There's not number one and number two. It's not number one, love people. Number two, make your dreams come true. That's not what Jesus said. He said, just love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let that be your guiding force. Let that be the thing that drives you. Let that be the thing that keeps you up at night, that prevents you from sleeping. Let that be the thing that in your life is the, is the driver for every amount of success and honor and prestige and everything that you want is just to pass that to other people. And to say, you know what, like, I'm making this money, I'm doing this job, I'm making this happen so that I can, so that I can not be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing, so I can be compassionate for other people. You know, it's always funny to me, I know I'm being, like, pretty cynical today, but I've just, I'm sorry, i got to let it out. So, so, what's funny to me is, like, there's people, right, that, like, pro athletes are a great example. It's like, oh, this person, they just signed a contract for $200 million, and look at them, they gave $20,000 to this community center. <laughs> It's like that person's about to make $200 million and $20,000 is, is significant. Now, that might be really cynical, okay? But that is not sacrificial giving, in my opinion. I probably shouldn't say that. I won't say it second service. But like, <laughs> but like compassion is not flipping a nickel to people. Compassion is going, I will... I will do whatever it takes. I will sacrifice my time. I will sacrifice my talent. I will sacrifice my treasure because these people are too important. It's not like I'm going to start a foundation and put my name on it and everyone look at how great our foundation is and I'm going to have some good write-offs this year. That's all wonderful. But this mission, this vision has to just be the motivating, driving factor in our life. This is not a, this is not a, if you play video games, this is not an open world game with no point. And you and I just decide whatever it is that we do. There's very much a point to this game. Winners aren't people that follow all the rules well. Winners aren't people who are self-made. Winners aren't people that accomplish all their goals. According to Jesus, winners are people that love all people like God loves them. So Paul goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, he, he's talking and he says, let me show you the way of life that is best of all. Then he goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I encourage you to read it because it's not just about giving. I'm not, I'm not up here to say, not up here this morning saying, hey, just like forget it. Forget your dreams. Forget your talents and just throw them all away and just give everything away. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not asking anyone in this room to take a vow of poverty. I'm just asking us to understand what does a win look like for us, for us to make that decision. 
So Paul goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and he says, I could be so great and I could be so wonderful and I could speak and I could do all this stuff. I could give everything away and I could sacrifice my body to be burned. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing. Because it's not about what, what even, it's not, it's about what we do, but what we do has to be motivated by something. So if people give and they give out of a desire to be honored and celebrated because of their generosity, it's still missing the mark. People so into something, they're like, oh, this is going to be so great. I'm going to get to be in the room with the pastor. Like, you don't want to be in the room with me. I'm weird, and I don't talk a lot, right? So, so Pastor Key's way cooler than me. Like, I play video games, right? So I was considering how deep to go into this stuff because I didn't want to be too weird. Promise. I sent a video to Wes and the team, and I said, hey, like, have this video ready. And then I had Courtney watch it, and she's like, this is so weird. You can't play this. That's the kind of world I'm in, okay? So anyway, overshare. <laughs> it's not about being in a room with certain people. It's about these people that God has called us to reach. So, so Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, some of you might have it tattooed on your body. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I don't have love, this is, this is meaningless. If I don't love people, my life is useless. That's what, that's what the scripture shows us in the New Testament. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, at the end, Paul says, and I want to just, just kind of put a capstone on it here. Paul says, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. What is Paul saying? Okay, so I'm like, I'm like throwing a whole bunch of need at you, and I don't want to overwhelm you today. But the world is not a great place. Okay? For a lot of people, for us, yeah, it's going good. We're in a great season in American history you know, the, the S&P 500 just hit an all-time high again. All that, so wonderful, so amazing. But, but there's all these different considerations for us. And this is, and this is where I want to just bring it down to just this one kind of salient point, okay? It's all these different considerations for us. We've got political considerations, cultural considerations, racial considerations, gender-based considerations, all these different things that it's so much gray area. That's what Paul's talking about. We don't know everything perfectly, like you and I look at people, it's like, should I give? Because I feel like they might take advantage of me. Should I, should I sow, like, man, like that church, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get involved in that because, you know, they're probably stealing money. You know, they're probably taking money and doing stuff. And, like, I've heard some things and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole bunch of that out there for everybody, right? There's a whole bunch of stuff like that. So Paul says there's so many things in your life you don't know, you don't understand, you don't have the answers for, you're not going to be able to hit the target. You're not going to be able to get it perfect and get it right. One day you'll know everything. Like when you die, then, then God will maybe walk you through every kind of wrong decision that you made and, well, you shouldn't have done that with that person and you should have done this and you shouldn't have had that conversation, but you should have had this conversation. And now that you have perfect knowledge, it's like the ultimate hindsight. Hindsight's 2020, you know, whatever, afterlife sight is better than that. So, so Paul says, he goes into all this conversation, and then he says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So we might not see everything in our life with perfect clarity. 
We might not see this situation at the border with perfect clarity. You and I, we got politics. We got a way that we want the country to go. Just admit that, right? If we care, then we care like that. You and I, we got all these different concerns about people over here and people over there and corrupt this and situation that, and I don't know what to do. And so there's all this, this, this gray area. One day we're going to see things with perfect clarity. But if we can just see people through the lens of love, we get the win. A winner is you when you do what love requires towards everyone all the time. So if you're unsure about how to handle situations with people, with whatever, conversations, bad stuff happens, like we all have relationships that have broken down. We all have people, there's some people in the world, right, these humanitarian issues that move our heart with compassion. All over the world there's people that are messed up. And there's people that we want to overlook and ignore because of how they've been with us. Or we just don't like them. We don't like that person. We don't like those people. You know how those people are. All of us have a those people. So there's people that we intentionally want to overlook and ignore, but, but Paul is saying, okay, the way of love, getting the win, right? How do you know how to handle stuff? Because I can't, I, can't, I can't get up here today and just give you a whole bunch of like, oh, you know, if this happens, then this happens. Like, you know, if, you know, that, that person, that friend might have just really dishonored you and they might have said some negative things. Your husband might have left you. Your wife might have left you. They might have left you high and dry. It might have been this really contentious thing. Your business partner might be, a, your ex-business partner might have been a total idiot and stole all the money from the company and he might be in jail right now. And this is how you handle that situation. There's so many, di- like each one of us, we have crazy, individualized, nuanced situations in our life right now that we're dealing with. And so what's Paul saying? There's a lack of clarity in your life right now. But if you want to get the right answer, okay, make it really simple. If you want to get the right answer, answer the question in your mind, what does loving this person look like? What does being loving in this situation look like? And then I'm just going to do that. Because pro- that's probably going to end up being the right answer. And I would rather... Love people too much than not enough. Like, I would rather be the person that, man, that guy, like, he just let everyone take advantage of him. And the guy that has no friends, no relationships, built all kind of walls, nobody can do anything, nobody can ever mess me up again, you know. Um, my life, I've, I haven't walked through just an insane amount of difficulty personally as it relates to relationships or things like that but a few years ago I just I, I'd, I'd spent a whole lot of time building relationships and friends friendships with certain people and this crazy kind of situation happened and I felt like in my own personal life that a lot of my people that knew my heart just turned against me said all kinds of negative things about me still probably would talk about me that way still probably sharing about me that way and I was like I'm an introvert right so I told Courtney when we got married I said, I don't, I've never had a moment in my life that I can remember where I felt lonely. Like, I'm good. I don't need people. <laughs> like, like people, like you can ask my friends, people that I'm close to, they get, they, they have to deal with the fact that like we're friends, but I never text you and we never hang out and I'll see you like once every three months. And that's good for me. Like that's almost too much for us to hang out that much. I'm telling you, you can ask, ask Jeremy about it. He can tell you. Ask Garrett. Ask Jace. They'll tell you about it, 
right? It's like, hey, we're good, right? Yeah, we're good. Well, if anything changes, just let me know and we can talk about it. <laughs> like, so, so, so in my mind, I lean, I, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't enjoy relationships. It's just, I lean to this, to this, to this space of going, hey, like, I'm going to be with people because I know, I know people would like to be with me. And I want to like do life with people and I want to be that kind of person. So anyway, this crazy relationship breakdown happened and I felt like I lost a bunch of friends and all didn't like me. And in my mind, I went, I don't need anybody anyway. Like I'll just build up all these boundaries and like I got my dad and I got my, my family and I have my wife and that's it. We'll raise our family and I don't need to be close to anybody because of my own personal hurt. And then I read this passage of scripture that I'm, that I'm not even going to talk to you about today, maybe someday in the future, but where Jesus talks about loving your enemies and praying for those who curse you. And, um, and I was confronted, you know, with the fact, like, am I that person? Like, am I that person when people do really messed up stuff to me? Am I the person that responds by praying for them and praying that God will bless them? Am I the person that responds by loving them? Or do I put them in a, in a position to be overlooked and ignored by me? Because I, I want to. And so I've had to be on this journey of just like, oh man, just taking myself to the mat and allowing the grace of God to work in my life that I'm, that I'm an imperfect person People are imperfect. They're not going to treat us right. They don't understand everything about it, about us. You know, sometimes you just have things that go bad. Sometimes there's just too much that's been said. There's, there's too much that's happened. But, but, and I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many people that have the answers, right? I don't have the answers. Like if someone sat down with me and they said, hey, man, this really crappy situation's happening with this person. Sorry, I said crappy if you're not allowed to say that bad situations happening with this person and I don't know how to handle it. My response wouldn't be, oh yeah, I've been through that before. Let me just tell you, let me just give you the answer. My response would be, okay, I really think that Paul said, let's just choose love. And if we lean into love and if we say, okay, there might be a whole bunch of gray area, might be a whole bunch of situations I don't understand, but I lean into that, then I believe God works in that. One day I'll know the truth one day I'll know the clarity. One day I'll have all the answers. One day everything will be figured out. Right now is not that time. Now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So I'm going to act, think, feel, all of that in love towards people. I'm not going to use the word hater to describe a person. I'm not going to allow things to divide me. I'm, I'm going to be for people. I want to be known as that. Let me know as a person that, you know what, no matter what your life looks like, no matter how you've been for me, I'm for you. I want what's best for you. I want, I want what God has, what God has for you. And how much can God do through a person that makes that decision to be that way? Because that's how Jesus rolled. Like, if you want to follow Jesus, that means, like, letting people crucify you. Now, I hope no one, like, physically tries to crucify you, okay? But it means you're not wrong you didn't mess up, but you take the hit. And you still love, and you still believe, and you still hope, and you still know people can change, and you still know people can get better, and you don't write people off, and you don't overlook them, and you're not unaware, and you don't ignore the situations that are happening in our world, and you just say, you know what, God, I can't fix everything, but I can fix my world right now. I can fix the people that are around me right now. I can be who I know you've called me to be, and that's that I have gifts and talents and abilities 
I can use all of those things. I can use all of the things that you've given me to love other people like you love them. And I'm going to let you worry about everything else. But I'm just going to worry about this love piece because that's about all I can handle. And I struggle with that. Because, <laughs> God, I got prejudice and I got issues and I got drama and I got all this stuff. But God just, you know, I'm just going to hold on to this thing and just please help me. Help me keep my heart right. Help me keep my life right. Help me not be the, be the cause for broken down relationships. Help me not be the cause for people's issues. Help me apologize. Help me forgive. Help me let go. Help me move on. Because I know you want to work through me and you want to work in me. So you might, be, you might be sitting here today and maybe you've sat through this whole series or maybe this is your first kind of weekend experience here at Elevate Life. What we want you to know is that God is, a, God is a God of love. He's not a God of guilt. He's not the God of shame. He's not the God of condemnation. He's not the God of you're not good enough. He's not the God of you don't follow all the rules, so I'm mad at you. He's not the God of you haven't lived your life this way and you need to get more perfect in order to, for me to love you. God is the God that just wants to overwhelm you with his love. Like, yeah, man, he, he knows exactly where you're at. He knows that decision. He knows the decision you're going to make tomorrow. He knows the sins you're going to commit in your life, but he still loves you anyway. He wants to give us his grace. He wants to give us his mercy. He wants to give us the ability to act in love towards other people. So I want to invite you just in this moment right here just to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Because all of this starts, all of this starts with our personal understanding, response, relationship to this love of Jesus. And my, my prayer for real is that we would be changed because of this message of the gospel. This is called the good news. Jesus doesn't bring bad news into your life. There might be people that bring bad news, but God is not the God of bad news. God's the God of good news. That's what the word gospel means. So you don't have to have it figured out. You don't have to have all the answers. You can, you can have a relationship with a guy that does. And us loving people starts with us feeling, us really deciding to feel God's love. My hope is that in this season of your life, in this season of my life, in this season of our life as a church, that we would just have such a deep revelation of how much God loves us because loved people love people. And we need to understand how much God loves us right where we're at. That you know what? Stuff has happened to us. People have been certain ways. We got some stuff that we're working through at the hands of other people. But God still loves us right there and he, and he wants to, and he wants to hurt our, he wants to heal our hurts. He wants to love the places that we feel so unloved. And what I want to do just in this moment is, is I just want to give you an opportunity to just put yourself in a position to accept that love. You're not, none of us in this room are worthy of that love, but God said, hey, you're not, but I am. I love you because of who I am. It is his nature and his character to love. He can't not love you. You might not feel accepted anywhere else. In this room, you're accepted. With God, you're accepted. With God, you're loved for who you are. So if you're here, you're listening to my voice, whatever, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just really want to count you in your prayer. If you just know that you know that you want to accept that love in your life and, and you want to follow Jesus,
you want to live life like him, you want, to, you want to do life like him, and you want to accept his love into your life, we want to give you an opportunity this morning, and you can just put your hand up right where you're at. We're not going to do anything weird. I just want to count you in a prayer. We're just about done with our time together today. So you can put your hand up. I just want to give you an opportunity. You can put your hands down. And I want everyone that can hear my voice just to pray this prayer and repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for your love. I pray that right now I would feel your love like never before. Thank you for your grace. It covers everything. From this day forward, be the leader of my life. Help me to love people too. Like you love me. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate those people? Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.